to the festival of Pisces, this full moon of Pisces. The path of redemption. The keynote of Pisces. I leave the father's home and turn him back, I say, summarizes the whole of humanity's journey from the father's home and back. The words are understandably cryptic and terse, as is sometimes usual for occult keynotes. However, the process that these words summarize will fill volumes and is the stuff of the annals of humanity's history. The great sons of God have come forth to tell the story and purpose of this journey and to lead and teach along this way. The great religions have recorded their activities, their teachings, and guidance in their respective Bibles, which indicated their efforts to lead humanity in one way or another. From the very birth of humanity, esoterically called individualization, through humanity's infancy, and long growth process all the way to our present so-called modern times. And in our more recent times, the greater development of the human mind has evoked from humanity's spiritual guides the corresponding and appropriate teachings commensurate with human progress. And today, We have the most advanced teachings and rules for group initiations, rules of that journey, the rules of the road available to humanity. And these are presented in the way that is free from all grammars of personality, feelings, and the cult of secret societies. In this latest modern presentation of the ageless wisdom, the teachings have been given out to the public and made more available. The teachings, once mysterious and obscure, are now accessible and intelligible. In fact, together with disciples before us, we are and have helped to make the teachings provided for the hierarchy by the Tibetan master available for several decades. Let us pause for a few moments to sound the affirmation of the disciple. I am a point of light within a greater light. I am a strand of loving energy within the stream of love divine. I am a point of sacrificial fire focused within the fiery will of God, and thus I stand. I am a way by which men may achieve. I am a source of strength, enabling them to stand. I am a beam of light shining upon their way, and thus I stand. And standing thus revolve and tread this way, the ways of men, and know the ways of God, and thus I stand. 
We are assured that this journey in the end leads to an unimaginable bliss. But bliss, we are told, transcends joy. And the triplicity runs from happiness to joy and finally to bliss. Yet the interim period prior to full realization of joy and bliss is fraught with many challenges and hardships pain and uncertainties, even loneliness, which test our persistence and capacity for long suffering. In the early stages of the path, and for quite a long time, the disciple must proceed on faith, founded on conviction. On the individual level, this is the story of the prodigal son of the New Testament. And on a larger scale, it is the story of us all, the story of humanity. The outgoing phase, the first half of the journey of life has been called the path of earth experience and its nature is characterized as follows. The path of earth experience. Before the throne of God, the angel with all other angels stood and cried, Lord of my life, Grant me the strength to tread the path of revelation, to cross the sea of dark illusion and face the lighted way of earth. God said, go forth and far away. Thus, we start on our long journey, our descent into matter, our fall into dark illusion. It is of utmost importance to know that we started this journey spurred on by our own inherent free will. A free will that is intimately and inextricably tied with responsibility, with the responsibilities associated with the purpose of the journey. This purpose is to redeem matter, the material of which the threefold world and all that it contains are constituted. And through this process of redeeming, of cleansing, of purifying, and of irradiating matter, we save the prisoners of the earth, the spirits deeply hidden in the dense matter of the earth, and raise all to heaven. Every story or fable ever told, every Bible written, and every event recorded in history, and all archaeological findings, in fact, every activity on this planet is related to this one purpose. And one day, when humanity has grown much in wisdom, all human activity will be understood in this light, related to this journey. And divine purpose will instruct all human effort, and a clearer spiritual direction will emerge. We indeed went forth and far away and are reaping the fruits, both bitter and sweet, of our doings and struggling with the lessons being learned or to be learned from where our feet have led us on the journey. And now it seems we have reached a turning point. 
or are passing through a turning point or have just gone past a turning point upwards on the way. A turning point heralding great possibility, but also a turning point which has not been easy and which is tasking our endurance and testing the depths of our faith and fears alike. This turning back is marking a period in which shallow and careless observation may easily lead to pessimism. But towards this, we have not looked deeply. We have only glimpsed. We need to gaze. We need to stare just a bit longer. We need to concentrate. We need to reflect. And above all, we need to meditate in order to capture the infant beauty struggling into emergence amidst the chaos. We need to see and recognize for the path of evolution is in fact the path of recognition leading to revelation. And this Piscean way on which we leave the Father's home and turn him back, I see, is a path of sacrifice, a path of giving up. Of this promise and challenge of this turning back in order to save, the poet seems to have captured it well in the second coming by W.B. Yeats. He writes, turning and turning in the widening gyre like a giant circular oceanic surface current, the falcon cannot hear the falconer. Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. The blood-dimmed tide is loosed, and everywhere the ceremony of innocence is drowned. The best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity. Surely some revelation is at hand. Surely the second coming is at hand. The second coming, hardly are those words out when the vast image out of spiritus mundi, the spirit of the world, troubles my sight. A waste of desert sand, a shape with lion body and the head of a man, a gaze blank and pitiless as the sun, is moving its slow ties while all about it wind shadows of the indignant desert birds. The darkness drops again, but now I know that 20 centuries of stony sleep were vexed to nightmare by a rocking cradle. And what rough beast, it's how I come round at last, slouches towards Bethlehem to be born. It is hoped this turning will not seem interminable, will not be too tiring and draining of humanity's vitality, producing the perfect conditions for the entry of all negativities which vitiate human effort. It is the new group of world servers who are working to help the falcon to hear the falconer, helping to hold all together so that things don't fall apart. Today, we know and are of the strongest conviction that through the work of this serving group, the center will hold and mere anarchy will not be losing upon the earth. Then in place of anarchy, 
there will be order and beauty. And the birth in Bethlehem will and is taking place in heralding the second coming. The poem concludes with a question suggestive of both doubt and hope when it asks, and what rough beast it's how I come round at last slouches towards Bethlehem to be born. Many current writers have echoed similar questions with pessimism. For example, is Europe slouching towards anxiety and war? Is the United States of America slouching towards Gomorrah? Is the world slouching towards Bedlam, a place or scene or state of opera and confusion, or that Bedlam, which is an asylum for the mentally ill? Is the world slouching towards this Bedlam? For the true students, aspirants, disciples, or group of inquirers, there is no slouching. We are not slouching towards Bethlehem. We are steadfastly walking to Bethlehem. And then after Bethlehem, we shall revive the ritual of the baptism in its modern version as we sincerely prepare for the second coming. And turning back, we say, for we have no other life intention. It is for this purpose of redemption that we meet and keep celebrating these full and new moon festivals, which some decades ago were a novelty and a rarity, but now are increasingly becoming monthly events in many parts of the world. This journey, as we know, comprises a descent into matter and a return to spirit with a gain of the experience of the evolutionary process which spirit has subjected itself to in the process of gaining full expression through matter, a going forth and a return like an outbreathing and an inbreathing impulse. The outward push has been characterized as involution, while the inward effort is today studied in science in our classrooms as evolution. The keynote of Pisces, while particularly descriptive of the departure from the and the return to the father's home, specifically indicates some work to be done on the returning part of the journey. And with that part of the journey, we are presently involved. That path is uniquely focused on redemption as noted in the keynote, and turning back, I save. We are all somewhat familiar with just what constitutes this leaving the Father's home and turning back, I save. But a retelling of the story of our departure and return, and its indicated work to be done, again and again, fills the human heart, renews our commitment, and strengthens our resolve. There are two more quotes remaining from the first quote. When we, as the solar angels, 
in that far off time, asked God the permission to tread the path of revelation. This second quote continues the story and tells of the next request we made. At a later time of our journey, when we were past the turning point, it seemed on the path of return. That path is called the way of the Antakarana, the way of building the bridge between the above and the below, along which saving force flows and lifting occurs, and it reads as follows. Before the gate which opens on the lighted way, the angel stood alone and said, Lord of my life, the way of revelation is the way of manifested life. The path of dark illusion leads to the glory of the rising sun. The lighted way of earth leads to the light which scatters every shadow. I seek to tread the lighted way which leads back to thy presence. As yet, that way is dark. What shall I do? God said, draw near and enter into thine own light. And in that light, you shall see light. This second time, the angel stood alone. And this is significant. Earlier, the angel stood with all other angels and cried, indicative of a herd instinct, perhaps. Now the angel, who is ourselves, stands alone, having intelligently developed individuality so that he can appreciate the group and contribute to a group enterprise. He can more understandably assume the associated responsibility because much of light and understanding are present in him and much has been learned and he's ready for the greater and true responsibility that comes with the next step in his or her growth. Her realizations are adequate. She has found the way, the truth, and the life. She now seeks to realize these and make them her own. She seeks to move from being a mystic to become a knower or occultist and through her knowing to contribute her quota of testimony to the statements of the mystics and occultists of the ages. She seeks the light which scatters every shadow, the great and utterly mysterious light of the intuition. She seeks above all to work more carefully and intentionally on the mental plane, the plane of fire, all the way to thy presence, the presence of God, and is remembering and recalling the words of St. Paul that our God is a consuming fire. She must learn to work with fire, for otherwise 
she cannot approach the presence, which is God. We have been told again and again by the Tibetan that it is only by the similarity of vibration that we can reach the higher from the lower, for we must become like him. It is quite common to think of Pisces or the Piscean age in relationship with the sixth ray, just as we might think of the Aquarian age in relationship with the seventh ray. These are the major energies available for the aspirants and disciples today. In addition to their own ray makeup, a disciple must work with these energies. And even though Pisces and its energies and forces are slowly withdrawing, they have imprinted their qualities so powerfully on everything that we can only work successfully by understanding the Piscean influence and the potent idealism of the sixth ray, even as we respond increasingly to Aquarius and the seventh ray. And now, how do we specifically use these two sets of energies to save and to meet the conditional demand indicated in the keynote of Pisces and turning back to save? How do we do so? One way is to realize that the Piscean energies endow us with the ability to enter into the very depth of matter. And likewise, soar to the very heights of spirit. Just as the fish swims to the depth of the ocean and likewise rises up to the sunlit flooded surface of the ocean, the six-ray energy of idealism offers us the power to idealize. What does it mean to idealize in this case? This idealization is, from one perspective, the capacity to approximate the lowest to the highest in us. Idealization is the capacity with which the sixth ray endows the human unit with the capacity to take the lowest in him or her and then to adapt it carefully, slowly, step by step, and then approximate it to the highest in us. This capacity of the sixth ray has been in effect for the past 2,000 years and has left us with that ability to adapt, leaving us the power to move from the most degraded state to the most sublime. And as these two energies, when working together, 
provide aspirants and disciples with a great elevating potency, a lifting power to rise from the depths and darkness of materialism and to soar towards the blazing glory of spirit and attain victory over the flesh. For victory is the true accolade that we receive because our real challenge lies in overcoming. In this connection, let us remember that Christ promised the availability of this lifting power when he said, and I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. John chapter 12, verse 32. Thus do we symbolically and factually enter into the lowest regions of ourselves and of the world, the glamours and the structures that are seeking to maintain the entrenched forces that perpetuate and prosper on separateness, distortion, and selfishness, and the enticing luxury of materialism as a foundation in life, and using the energies flowing from Pisces. And we work to lift all up towards the light, and through the endowment of the sixth ray, we take those human structures motivated and created through the selfishness of humanity and adapt and approximate them to the patterns of things above, so that as above, so below, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the work that we are doing on the way back to the Father's home, the way of the Antakarana, the lighted way, relating the above to the below, relating vibrant and living spirit to cleansed, purified, and redeemed matter. It is the path from heaven to earth and from earth to heaven. And along this lighted way, the desire of all nations will be fulfilled. Along this lighted way, the rain cloud of knowable things will pour and illumine human minds, bringing understanding, brotherhood, and inspiration. Along this lighted way, the Christ will draw all people unto him. And along this lighted way, the Christ and his 9,000 initiate symbolically will appear. The Piscean energies that aided the advent of the Christ also helped to anchor the spiritual cable of the divine will to good onto the physical plane in Gethsemane. And having grounded this cable, our turning back was made easier, having been provided with a lifeline along which to travel from the below to the above and back to the Father's home. This first part of the cable anchored by Christ, after Christ has anchored this cable, so to say, it is now humanity's turn to make her corresponding contribution by building the other half of the cable of light and love from below to the above along the first cable of the will to good. And it is on this lighted way of the Antakarana 
being constructed by disciples on all the seven rays, that saving power is flowing increasingly as the will to good is gradually understood. And as the human unit and in group formation add strand upon strand of light and love to this cable, the prisoners of the planet receive more light and love and are transformed and saved. Along this lighted way, there will be life and that life more abundantly will flow and reach all people everywhere. Humanity will have life and not death. This lighted way will enable the externalizing units of perfection, the initiates and the masters to step down their individual potencies to the degree of obtaining physical objectivity with no undesirable effect on average humanity. At a later time, he emerges on the path of discipleship, that is the human unit. One of the means of treading this path of return and of meeting its demand is beautifully and instructively given to us in this third quote by the Tibetan that reads as follows. The path of disciple, the path of the disciple. Before the gateway of each newborn day, which holds within its hours ordered responsibility, I stand, I cry aloud, Lord of my life, how can I do the duty of this day, yet seek detachment, meet every need, yet free myself from ties and bones, God said. The sun draws near and vivifies the earth. Not can it take from out the earth. Live likewise. Give and ask not. Let us now meditate by letting in the light. Keynote of the full moon approach to the hierarchy. He who faces the light and stands within its radiance is blinded to the issues of the world of men. He passes on the lighted way to the great center of absorption. But he who feels the urge to pass that way yet lost his brother on the darkened path, revolves upon the pedestal of light and turns the other way. He faces towards the dark, and then the seven points of light within himself transmit the outward streaming light. And lo, the face of those upon the darkened way receives that light. For them, the way is not so dark. Behind the warriors, takes the light and dark, blazes the light of hierarchy. Meditation.
letting in the light. Group fusion. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity. I am one with my group brothers and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. Extend the line of light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. Higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extra planetary energies 
streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, and humanity, gradually coming into alignment and interplay. Meditation. Reflect on the sea thought. I leave the father's home and turning back, I save.
precipitation. Using the creative imagination, visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on earth and prepared physical plane centers through which the plant can manifest. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as a sequence of energy precipitation from Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, the group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, physical plane centers of distribution.
lower interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. Together sound the affirmation. In the center of all love I stand. From that center I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy and streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. Consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ. Consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ.
distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. Creatively visualizing the meaning of the words, seeing these words in action, transmuting, transforming, transfiguring the world from the point of light within the mind of God. Let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. from the center, which we call the race of men. Let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light <clears throat> and love and power restore the plan on earth. <clears throat> Oh. Thank you. Few announcements. The exact time of the
full moon is tomorrow morning at 7.40 Eastern Standard Time. It is the peak of the full moon energies. We may all try to take advantage of it in serving the world. The next meeting will be the new moon meeting on March 20th, Monday, March 20th at 6 p.m. And the next full moon festival will be the April festival, the Easter festival on April 5th at 6 p.m. Then the Akin School Conference in New York will also be on May the 5th and the 7th here in New York. Thank you very much. We are actually in the tide of the full moon, moving towards the peak of it. Therefore, let's hold as much as possible the concentrating attitude in order to aid the new group of well servers. Thank you.